Welcome to my dear friends and family. It's been very hard times for Kal Yisrael, and I've been inspired by many beautiful things that I've been seeing and hearing regarding Tehillim. And so I, with all respect and love, I wanted to present what I call Tehillim Themes. This is a project that's very dear to me. Um, Tehillim is something that I've grown up with, learning from my parents, seeing my mother and my father's Tehillims, which are well used, and even to this day, the amount of beautiful tefillas that they've taught us um, and the generations is, is something that's really, really phenomenal. And I've heard many beautiful pshatim over the years about Tehillim. I even worked on this many years ago and started writing something and only got about a third of the way done. Out of the 150 kapitlach, I focused on about 50 of them. So those of you that have been following me for a while might have heard some of these ideas, but I'm redeveloping them as well. I've seen many beautiful pshatim. Um, I saw that um, Rabbi Gross Shlita from Baltimore has been putting out ideas of Tehillim that are being said, which are really inspiring, and I hope to cover some of those. Ha'aris and quote Omer Dabar B'Shem Amro. My children have inspired me with their uh, Tehillim army that they're part of with Moritziri Price, who is doing amazing work for Kali Yisrael. And so what I wanted to do is give a couple of quick introductions to Tehillim, and then I want to take each capital one at a time and share. Maybe I'll try for at least once a week one new capital. Um, maybe more, Bezer Hashem, if we can, and just focus on some beautiful things that I see in the words of Tehillim. Tehillim is a very multifaceted limud, and that's what I want to start with. Rav Tzadikah Kohen Lublin, who was born in 1823 and died in 1900s, he writes that because David Melech was the Melech of Kol Yisrael, he has the Libo of Kol Yisrael, he has the heart of Kol Yisrael, and because he had a very challenging life, Evan Masu Abonim, he was forsaken by his siblings, we'll talk more about his life later, um, therefore, Haisla Rosh Pina, he became king, and eventually he was able to use all of his kochos for the last 40 years of his life, from age 30 to 70, um, when he reigned uh, over Kalei Yisrael. And he was able to use that and unite it. So therefore, his Tehillim has the tears and the thoughts, feelings, emotions, and prayers, and the humility of all of us. And when we go through Tehillim, we are inspired by its beautiful messages. I want to start off with one fascinating medrash that I think sheds a lot of light about tefillah in general. And we know there's a very famous pasuk in Tehillim that says, Kalu tefillos dava ben Yishai, which Reza Hashem will talk about why it's in the middle of Tehillim and what that what that capital is, what it's doing. But clearly, the Tehillim is the tefillos of, of dava ben Yishai, and that's very, very important. So the goal of this series, Tehillim Themes, is to connect to the beauty, depth, and meaning of Tehillim, and obviously to connect to Hashem. So my first introduction, is, I'm going to title it, With Heart and Mind. So Tehillim is perhaps one of the most universal books throughout the world. Men, women, children of all ages and faiths find comfort, meaning, and expression through its recitation. King David, David is most famous for his authorship of Sefer Tehillim. We know the Gemara and Basra actually says technically there were other people that wrote different parts of it. For example, we know Adam Rishon wrote and Lama Tzeach. Um, sometimes it's, it, it says names, B'nai Asaf, or other names, etc. Bezer Shem will, will, will address that as we go through the Kapitlach in a very, very um, broad way. The Medrash Yalkut Shmoni in Mishle 929 points out a fascinating observation that I think sheds brilliant light and very beautiful light. Tehillim begins with the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet, Aleph, because it starts off Ashrei Ha'ish, which starts with the Aleph. And the last Pasuk of Tehillim begins with the middle letter of Chaf and Lamed, Kol Haneshavat Halalka. You might recognize that from our davening, the Halalukas. So that's very fascinating that it starts with Aleph, which is the first letter, and it ends with the middle of the two letters, Chaf and Lamed. Shlomo HaMelech, the great son of David, took a varied approach, says the Medrash. He began, say, for Mishle with the letter Mem, obviously Mishle, Shlomo ben David, right? Uh, which is the middle letter that follows the Chaf and the Lamed, okay? And then he ends with the last uh, letter 
of the, of the, of the alphabet, the tough Tinu Lami Priyada, which is of course the famous Eshes Chayel song, which is Mishlei uh, Perak Lamed Aleph. It's the last letter in the Hebrew alphabet. So what does this mean? Now the Medrash itself goes on to explain, but it's very enigmatic, and hopefully we'll be able to explain it a little bit. The Medrash says that there's a philosophical debate between two rabbinic scholars as to where wisdom is located. Rabbi Yezer holds that it's found in the head; it's the intellect. Rabbi Yeshua holds that it's found in the heart, the emotions. The Medrash says that the letter Aleph represents wisdom because if you write the alphabet from Aleph to Tuf and you kind of imagine it as a standing person, starting from Aleph will be the head and Tuf will be the toes. So Aleph represents wisdom, which is located in the head at the top of one's body, just like Aleph is the top. Whereas the letter Mem represents, or Chaflam and Mem, we should say more explicitly, refers to the heart. That's the middle of a person's body, the middle of the alphabet, and the bottom of the alphabet is the Tuf. So the Medrash seems to say that King David started to heal him with the letter Aleph because he held that wisdom is in the mind, which is the Aleph, the top of the head. And King Shlomo started Mishlei with the letter Mem because he held that wisdom is in the heart. Now, that's the full Medrash. Yet it appears to be the total enigma, but more importantly, it's counterintuitive. If you would have asked me who's, who thinks what, who holds what, I would have said that David... His Tehillim are heart-wrenching. They're outpourings of emotions and feeling. And they emanate directly from the heart, clearly, not in the mind. So why are you saying that he's the Ashray, the Aleph, that starts with the mind? And Shlomo's Proverbs, they're brilliant, intuitive musings that seem to emanate clearly from the mind and not the heart. I believe that's exactly the point. What do I mean? The explanation is that, of course, the, both components are true and they make up wisdom. That's There must be intellect and there must be heart in everything we do. And there must be a balance. The discussion is simply which is more important. So therefore, Shalom HaMelech requested wisdom from Hashem. He specifically said, V'nasata la'avdecha lev shomea. He says, please Hashem, please, lishpot es amcha. I want to be able to judge your nation properly. And I want to have a listening heart to be able to judge them. Shalom didn't want to just be a heartless robot who ruled without feeling. If he was doing that, then what's the wisdom all worth? So of course, maybe naturally, he dominated in wisdom, in intellectual wisdom. But he specifically stretched himself to make sure that his Avodah Hashem and his development had the intellect, the emotion, and that's what made him such an amazing king. He certainly needed the wisdom of his mind, and that certainly was something dominant in his life, but he also made sure that his wisdom included the heart and understanding for others, which is so important. King David clearly could be said that his essence was heart and love. Of course, that's his natural style. He uses the word lave heart repeatedly throughout Tehillim. For example, Oda Hashem B'chol Avavi, Tehillim I'll praise Hashem with all my heart. Of course, he was filled with passion, emotion, and heart, but his heart did not throw him off. With all of his emotions and deep longings, he remained grounded and rational. He remained grounded and, nat- and rational and was able to exercise his intellect as well. He knew that sometimes Hashem would not heed to all of his requests. He would pour out his heart and beg Hashem for things, but he knew intellectually that ultimately Hashem knows what's best for him. He would then incorporate that into his emotion and grow even closer to Hashem. King David introduced the concept of no tear goes unnoticed or answered by Hashem. He says it explicitly in Tehillim 56.9. No di safarta, ata sima demaschi, benodcha, halo besifrecha. You count my wanderings and you put my tears into your flask, into your record. No tear goes unanswered. Of course, sometimes the tears accumulate and sometimes they're applied elsewhere, but they're always heard by Hashem and applied appropriately. When we study Tehillim, we could greatly benefit by using our hearts and our minds to connect to Hashem. Tehillim is filled filled with heartwarming hope and prayer, and deep cries for help and comfort from Hashem. Tilim is saturated with both intellectual and emotional gems of understanding and deep depth and closeness. May we merit, together, to learn Sefer Tilim with a focus on the beautiful and powerful lessons that stir our hearts and minds and that deeply up- uplift our souls. Thank you so much for joining me for Tilim Themes, and please, please, please send your thoughts and comments about what Tilim means to you, especially 
if you hear an idea from me or if we're focusing on one capital, that means that you and I are both spending time hopefully saying it and having in mind all of Kal Yisrael, we should hear Yeshua's Venachamos, Bekarov Mamish, Mehirabi Amenu Amen.